0: Earlier today, Donald Trump tweeted that the vice president does have the power to throw out fraudulent votes. Many news outlets say that's not true. Mike Pence's role is ceremonial. This is the final moment, the finale, the last stand for Donald Trump. Constitutionally, at least. There are already many leftists saying that, of course, Donald Trump will never let this go, and he's going to extend this well beyond the 6th. We'll see. But as far as the Constitution is concerned, Tomorrow is the day they officially announce the winner, who will be the president. Now, of course, the media said over and over again, it's going to be Joe Biden. But if you actually look at the fine details, Mike Pence is the one who will announce who is going to be the president. And there's a couple interesting things going on. Notably, Kelly Loeffler is going to be supporting Donald Trump by objecting to the vote count. About 140 Republicans in the House will be doing the same. But many Republicans are coming out saying they will not object. Even if Donald Trump was able to get a decent amount of support in the House and the Senate, there are still Republicans who will vote with Democrats to stop him. But what if Mike Pence really does have the power to hold up the two different slates, the two different envelopes and choose which one to count? Some have argued that's the case. The media has argued that's not the case. I'll put it this way. Officially and constitutionally, it seems to be that Mike Pence is just ceremonial, but that doesn't really matter. Even the Associated Press acknowledges that Mike Pence has been having meetings with Trump to discuss strategy, and he might actually just say whatever he wants. I mean, think about it. Let's say everybody says the vote count is for Biden. And Mike Pence says, as the president of the Senate, the tiebreaker, the vice president of the United States, Trump wins. What will they do? How would they respond to that? Would they have to go sue if he just says those words? I'd like to remind people that we can talk about legal policy and constitutional procedure. But as the, the media has screamed for the past four years, you can't claim Trump is violating the Constitution and then argue that he won't either. He is or he isn't right. Well, if you are on the left and you're in the media and you are saying over and over again that Trump is acting in violation of the Constitution and and doesn't care for it, well, then why would you be surprised if Mike Pence came out and said Trump wins? Now, they argue that Pence can't do that. I don't think that's true because I can show you what the AP says, and they seem to uh, at least imply Mike Pence could just announce it for Trump, and then we don't know where we go from there. Constitutional crisis, I suppose. There's also the 1960 election in Hawaii where Richard Nixon when he was presiding over the electoral vote count chose which certified slate to, to to count. Ultimately it wouldn't have changed things, but the important point is that it's recognized, at least on Wikipedia for what it's worth, that he chose which to count. The big difference here is that Trump's slate of electors, the people who are supporting him cast procedural votes not certified by anyone. But Majid Nawaz, a very smart dude, thinks Trump is playing a strategy. And Majid's been right about a lot of things. I'm not entirely convinced he's right here, though. I'll say it again. I th- I, have, I am very comfortable saying Joe Biden's going to win. He's going to be inaugurated as the next president, even though it's shocking. And it leaves me in disbelief that this man actually was able to pull it off. But I just can't see Trump winning against the establishment. That's the issue. There's one factor that may change things, and that's if people show up today and tomorrow for the president, if there is critical mass, Trump might make some moves. But I suppose that at least remains to be seen. Let's take a look at what they're saying about Trump calling on Pence and what imagine Noaz, Very smart dude. I'll say it again. He's laid out what he thinks Trump's plan is. And this is not some random Internet conspiracy theory guy. This is someone who's giving you legal arguments as to what he think may happen as to how Trump might actually win. I think it's silly to say Trump might actually win, to be completely honest. But there's a light. Was a lottery ticket's chance. We'll see. Before we get started, make sure you head over to timcast.com/slash/donate if you would like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. I got a PO box. If you want to send me some stuff. But the best thing you can do is share this video, my friends. The finale is upon us. Maybe it'll be a two part, or a three part, or a four part. Who knows how long this episode will go? But this is the season finale. If Trump pulls it off, then we get a new season a new four new seasons of the Trump show. And if he doesn't, that's it. So if you'd like to support the channel, sharing is the best way you can. But don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. And let's read from the Hill. They say Trump raises pressure on Pence, incorrectly stating he could throw out electors. They say Trump in a Tuesday tweet, suggested he believes that Pence should overturn the results in some states by rejecting chosen electors, a power the vice president doesn't have in what is largely a ceremonial role. In the tweet, Trump claimed incorrectly that Pence, quote, has the power to reject fraudulently chosen electors. The Constitution does not grant the vice president such powers. That sentence is really interesting to me. This idea of who is granted what by whom, I believe that uh, the Constitution says that our rights are granted to us by our creator. Or is that the Declaration? Sorry if I'm mixing them up. But our rights don't come from the government. And our abilities, the words we say, aren't given to us by parchment. What the Constitution does is restrict. Does the Constitution explicitly say the vice president may not? It doesn't. It doesn't say that in his role he can do certain things. But we're human beings. What would happen? I I mentioned this earlier, but again, I ask you. What would happen if Pence just said Trump wins? Oh, they'd all start screaming and yelling rabble, rabble, rabble. And then what? I don't know. Constitutional crisis. They go on to say Congress could reject the results of a state's electoral college uh, vote, but it would require majorities in both chambers. There are not enough votes to overturn the results in either chamber, given opposition from Democrats and many Republicans. A federal judge in Texas last week dismissed a far-fetched effort by Louis Gohmert, a Republican, that aimed to give Pence the legal authority to effectively overturn the election results. Pence, represented by a Justice Department attorney, had asked that the judge dismiss the suit, saying the vice president's office was not the proper defendant, and I think that's actually correct. I don't know why they sued Pence. Seems like Gomert should have sued Congress, arguing that the law that was passed, it was an 1887 electors, uh, the, uh, electoral law was unconstitutional. Not Mike Pence. I don't seem to understand that play, but that's what the judge said. You should have sued Congress. Now they're saying that Pence can't do anything. I want to show you something first. This is from Wikipedia, the 1960 United States presidential election. Now, I will be the first to acknowledge that Wikipedia, for the most part, has become an opinion aggregator in all modern news. You're not going to get anything accurate as it pertains to recent developments in politics, because most articles since the advent of the blog have been regurgitated opinion, calling someone far right. Doesn't even mean anything, yet they'll put it in there because enough people at various blogs claimed it. Okay, not a big fan of Wikipedia, and I used to be, it's kind of sad, but- Let me let me read you this paragraph and and tell you why I think Pence actually could have an impact. They say initially it appeared Republican candidate Richard Nixon had won in the state as he was 141 votes ahead after the first count. A court ordered recount was still underway when Hawaii's Republican governor signed a certificate from the GOP electors giving the states three electoral votes to Nixon. On the same day, the Democratic electors also issued a certificate awarding the votes to Kennedy. The final recount showed Kennedy had actually prevailed by 115 votes, forcing the governor to sign the second certificate from the Democratic electors, although there is no evidence the governor actually signed the second certificate. Keep that in mind. Both certificates had arrived in Washington by the time Congress convened in January 1961, and then Vice President Nixon charged with presiding over a joint session to certify his own loss, hearing no objections. Nixon ordered the Democratic certificate counted and ignored the accompanying Republican certificate even though it also bore the governor's signature as required by federal law. I'm not going to pretend that Wikipedia is the herald of truth and the bastion of great aggregation, but they do say for what it's worth based on the the aggregate history writing of the various users that there was no evidence. They say there was uh, there was there is no evidence The governor actually signed the Democrat certificate. What does that mean? Richard Nixon received two certificates. One, we don't know. There's no evidence to say it was signed and one that was. The initial slate was for the Republicans. Richard Nixon chose the Democratic certificate. They say Nixon ordered the Democratic certificate counted and ignored the Republican certificate. Why? Why would he do that? How does he have the power to do that? How could Richard Nixon look at two certificates, one that there's no evidence it was certified? So they say maybe it's wrong and one that was and say the one that was certified in the trash and the second slate that came well after. We're going to count that one because it would seem that as the president of the Senate, the vice president does have that power. What I find interesting is that although there are many outlets claiming Pence can't do anything, You have stories like this from the AP, loyal soldier Pence torn between Trump and the Constitution. What does that mean? If he doesn't have the power, he can't do it. So why are they writing these articles claiming that he possibly could? And what happens if slates arrive in front of Mike Pence? And just like Nixon, he ignores the official certified slate certificate and then chooses the one that, well, there's no evidence to say that it was ever certified. What's to stop him from just counting those votes? Honestly, I have no idea. Too many people, I think, on the left view our rights as granted to us by this invisible system that we can't control, that human beings aren't individuals with, with the, the ability to, to live and do what they want. When you think about it, we have laws. We say you can't kill someone. People do it. And then what do you do? arrest them and punish them later. Exactly. When someone commits a crime, they violated our system. But you don't have a right to do that, they say. You're right. And so after the fact, we'll figure it out. That's that's what I'm looking at right here. When a police officer bestowed with certain authorities illegally arrests someone, the left screams, you don't have the right to do that. And guess what? They complain that often nothing happens to these officers. What would happen if Mike Pence did something that he doesn't have the explicit authority to do, and then nothing happens afterwards? I think it's silly to believe that humans are this big robotic machine that doesn't change or act uh, or or doesn't engage in anomalous behavior. It's entirely possible Mike Pence doesn't show up. One story that was going viral earlier this morning was that Chuck Grassley, as the president uh, pro president pro tempe of the Senate was going to preside. But then statements came out after the fact saying, no, no, that's confusion. That's a miscommunication. Pence will be there. He will be there. But what if he didn't? But the Constitution says he presides over it. Yeah. And he could just not show up. Do people not realize these things? What are they going to do? Put him in handcuffs and drag him in to preside over this? What if he doesn't go? What if no one does? What if none of the people can even get in the building because too many Trump supporters have flooded the streets of D.C.? No idea, really. Does anybody know? Uh, They want to pretend like they do, but I don't think they can. In this story from the AP, they go on to mention that Mike Pence, uh, you know, has been meeting with Trump and there have been strategies. They say on Monday, Pence was in the Oval Office with Trump and senior aides as the president continued to seek pathways to overturn the election results. The scene appeared animated as the president, Pence, and their chiefs of staff met with lawyer John Eastman and others. Former New York Mayor Giuliani, who had been leading the president's legal effort, said in a podcast interview that the team had been consulting with constitutional law professors and analyzing Pence's options. He said Trump and Pence on Monday were going through all of the research and would probably wait until Tuesday to make a decision on how to proceed. I want to stress this story is from right now. What will they do tomorrow? Mike Pence meeting with Trump and lawyers and then Trump tweets Pence can do this. I think it's an issue of confidence and political willpower. I've already told you I'm not entirely convinced that, you know, I'm I'm sorry, I've already told you I'm overwhelmingly convinced that Biden is going to win just because of, uh, you know, here's the way I put it. And I know a lot of Trump supporters don't like to hear this kind of stuff, but uh, so be it. Mike Pence will do what he must to protect himself, his family and his assets. And Trump has lost legitimacy in many ways, notably with court. Fail, defeat. Many of Trump's lawsuits have failed for a variety of reasons, but mostly procedural doesn't matter. And also, lawyers like Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood saying things that are shocking and outrageous. I don't know why the Trump support, so many. I don't want to say all Trump supporters because I think most are reasonable, but I'm shocked that so many are willing to line up behind Lynn Wood, who is tweeting things that at the very least are shocking and confusing to regular people talking about conspiracies and Pence going to prison. He tweeted Pence was going to go to jail. Now Pence is in a meeting with Trump to try and help Trump win. You see, you have to ask yourself, why wasn't Lynn Wood banned from Twitter when he started tweeting all this crazy stuff and saying crazy things? They just let him do it because it hurts. Trump takes away Trump's legitimacy. If Trump comes out and says Wisconsin right now, has these uh, has this bill put forward that says the election was illegal. Therefore, we challenge and require Wisconsin to, to have their legislature certify a slate. That's legitimate. And you talk to a lot of people and say, look, the, the, the Wisconsin legislature has has put forth a resolution declaring the illegality of this election. That's normal. And you'll say, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Let me show you. I can actually show it to you. But when you talk about these weird conspiracies and Pence getting locked up, you lose legitimacy. But let's talk about this. Majid Nawaz says, here's Trump. He he, he lays out Trump's plan. And this is from the other day. He says, U.S. election next steps, January 6th. Now, I want to mention, Majid is a a radio host in London. He is one of the, you know, high profile individuals involved in what they call the intellectual dark web. He's a verified Twitter user. He has 276,000 followers, particularly prominent individual. I'm not going to pretend like his word is law, he's the smartest guy in the world, but this is not some random Twitter thread from a conspiracy theorist, this is a smart fellow. That's why I think it's worth listening to his opinion because he's been right about many things in the past. And well, let's see what he says. 1. Trump address. 2. Congress convenes and A12 objection invoked. 3. Vice President Pence asserts arbitration powers as President of the Senate. 4. Thursday the 7th. Wisconsin legislature aims to decertify electoral college votes. Other states may follow. And he links to this resolution put forth by the Wisconsin state legislature that lists all of the violations of state law that happened during the election. They note one of the most, uh, I believe one of the most prominent complaints was over what they call democracy in the park, where they say the clerk of the city of Madison ignored Wisconsin statute 6.855. And created an event named Democracy in the Park and, of her own accord, designated alternate sites where absentee ballots could be collected. They go on to say, members of the Wisconsin State Assembly place the redress of these and other election law violations and failed administrative procedures as its highest priority and shall take up the legislation crafted to ensure civil officers follow the laws as written. So what does that mean? Well, the count is tomorrow. If this drags out into the seventh, they're already going to have counted, right? Maybe it goes to the Supreme Court, and maybe Trump doesn't just stop tomorrow. But either way, Wisconsin has made the move. I'm not entirely convinced it's going to go uh, much further than this, but we'll see. At any rate, we have Imagine Nawaz going on to say uh, he, he he references that quote, says they'll you know follow the issue, uh, the letter of the law. He goes on to then uh, tweet some other uh, uh, quotes from he, he quote tweets himself where he says it's begun. I fear for the 10 days after January 6th. And this is a tweet from Josh Hawley, who said tonight while I was in Missouri, Antifa scumbags came to our place in D.C. and threatened my wife and newborn daughter who can't travel. They screamed threats, vandalized and tried to pound open our door. Let me be clear. My family and I will not be intimidated by left wing violence. They're targeting him because Hawley has announced he's going to object. And Majid says it's begun. I think he's right. Right now, there are people in D.C. We are currently running some tech tests to see if we can make it down there. And I'll tell you this, if you're going to get me off the fence to go walk down to D.C., some must be going on. Okay, I'm not really off the political fence, but I'm planning on being there. And I think we might go there soon. We'll see. Maybe just tomorrow night we'll figure it out. Majid says, President real Donald Trump confirms that he plans to do precisely as I have reported. I'm either the guy who has lost his mind or I've been right all along. When will, quote, liberals apologize for insulting and abusing me on here, do you think? I never forget. And he links to Trump's tweet where he says the vice president has the power to reject fraudulently chosen electors. Let me remind you, I just read the AP that mentioned Trump and Pence had a meeting with law professors. Then Trump tweets this out. Is it possible that in this meeting, the professor says, here's what you can do? And they cite 1960, where Richard Nixon was given two certificates and chose the one that we have no evidence was ever actually certified. Amazing. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll tell you, the left wants me to bend the knee and just say it's over. It's been over and it will always be over. Well, I think there's still a lightning strikes chance, lottery tickets chance. Trump can pull this off and win. That's why I mentioned the 1960 uh, certification. Now, Wikipedia could be wrong again. Again, you know, forgive me if that's the case. I'm just, you know, pointing that out. But I think the better issue is polit- to discuss is political willpower. Trump having these meetings, Trump having these discussions, and whether or not they just decide to do something. That's it. You can argue. The Constitution doesn't allow it. What are they going to do? Drag Pence out of, the, out, of the, out of the chamber? No, you can't say these things. I certified I'm the vice president. Bang the gavel. Then what? Trump supporters say it's done. The president, the vice president has said it so. And the Democrats say he doesn't have the power to do that. Who decides? Supreme Court, maybe. And then what happens when the Supreme Court says we refuse to take up this case? Then it'll get really weird. I'll tell you that. Magic goes on to say, can you believe I'm still getting replies by petulant plonkers who are clearly resistant to reading and oblivious to the precise meaning of words claiming that I'll be proven wrong? How can descriptive commentary that has been realized to date be wrong ex post facto? I've not done anything but explain the constitutional procedures team Trump will take ahead of time and have been proven right without openly taking sides in the merits of the fraud claims. These people merely use straw manning as a means to conceal their emotional petulance. Grow up. I hear you. I hear you, bro. I totally get it. I can sit here and tell you this thing happened with Richard Nixon. I can tell you I'm not a constitutional constitutional law professor or legal scholar. And I can tell you Trump is doing this and will not back down. And I can tell you there are reasons why Trump won't back down. Notably, that at the state level, many AGs are trying to prosecute Trump. They're trying to find a reason to go after him. They're ramping up a, a, a financial probe against him in New York that targets his organization, which will negatively impact his family. So I ask you, when you threaten, threaten a man's legacy and his family, do you think he'll just surrender? I don't. Trump has called for people to be on the ground in D.C. and they are showing up. I saw a video. Looks like a decent amount of people so far. It's the fifth. The main event is tomorrow. We'll see if Trump supporters have the political willpower to actually arrive to defend the president or if it's true, smoke and mirrors. But I'll tell you, after 62 million votes for Trump the first time, jumping up to 74 million, Trump certainly has done something right and generated massive support he didn't have the first time he ran. You only need a couple hundred thousand people out of the 74 million who voted for him to actually show up. Can Trump act? Do you you think Trump could get 10% of his supporters to arrive in D.C.? Because that would be 7.4 million people. I don't know. 10, maybe it's a lot. What if only 5% showed up and he ended up with, well, we got 3.7 million people. No, no, that's, that's the wrong number. Is that the right number? 3.7? I think I'm right. Anyway, what would happen then if Trump was able to, to pull that off? What if it was only two and a half percent? And then now I'm going to start getting bad at math on the fly, but we're only looking at like a million plus a million and a half or more, a little bit, almost 2 million. That would be massive. Alex Jones said, I think he said what 10 million or did he say a million? I think he said said a million, I'm not entirely sure. No, maybe he said 10 million. but I think there's gonna be a lot of people there. and whether and, and that'll be the defining factor if millions of people show up, if if 500,000 showed up, Trump might make some moves knowing he's got people there on the ground to protect him. More importantly, I saw a video coming out of DC because right now people are going down there. we've got a we got a crew going down there doing some internet tests. And I'm hearing that the National Guard has already blocked roads, that there are National Guard service members on the road. And when you try to walk past them, they say, you've got to have an ID or a letter proving you're coming here or going to a, a building or a business. Now, why are they doing that? Who, who told them to do that? What would happen if the National Guard said, this road is closed? I brought this up the other day on the IRL podcast and on my show, but I want, I want, to, I want to mention it again just for those who, who missed it. What would happen if a polit- politician, a congressman or so, was walking up and there's National Guard saying, roads closed, you know, we're locking the city down because of the protests, you can't come this way. And they go, oh, but I'm a member of Congress. I, sir, I don't know. We were ordered not to let anybody through. But I, I, I need to go vote, sir, please. You can go around, talk to my supervisor or my commanding officer, ask them what's going on. I don't know. All I know is they said, don't let anyone through. I've been in these situations, not as a member of Congress, obviously. Maybe they'll just be like, all right, sure, fine, go ahead. But I've been in situations where I've seen, you know, uh, there've been roads locked down and the cops will just be like, look, I got no idea why it's locked down. You just can't go here. We're not going to let you do it. What would happen if those orders prevent Congress from getting to the joint session? What if they were orders specifically given to help one person win or to make someone lose? The National Guard service members won't know that. They'll just be told to stop people from crossing the road. And it's already happening. So I wonder with the new Secretary of Defense, acting Secretary of Defense, who is apparently a Trump loyalist. Why did Trump remove top Pentagon leadership and appoint people who are loyal to him? Well, they say it's because he wanted to get out of Afghanistan. But a lot of people were worried that Trump would try and stage some kind of military coup. He doesn't need to. He just needs reasonable orders that give him some kind of benefits on the 6th, maybe blocking some cars from getting through. Maybe it doesn't block members of Congress. Maybe it just creates a traffic jam and there's too many people there and then cars can't get in. Maybe it delays it past the 7th and then Wisconsin does vote to decertify and then everything falls apart. Or in all honesty, in all reality, Trump will come out and he'll make his, his stand. There'll be objections. There'll be a debate. And then they certify Joe Biden as the victor. When Richard Nixon counted those ballots, he chose the, cert- uh, the certification that was against him. Because sometimes... It's better to just bow out and lose the fight, I suppose. But I think we're in things are different these days. You know, we're looking at people who genuinely feel like they are now being suppressed, repressed and uh, depressed. You've got a media that lies about Trump, lies about Trump supporters and does it all the time. And it's obvious and we can see it. That's why I was saying Wikipedia is basically an opinion aggregator. You take a look at any conservative commentator's profile and they'll say fall right provocateur alt-right. And none of those even mean anything. In fact, some of these people denounce the alt-right, but they'll call them that anyway because the media will just write whatever they want. Or Newsweek the other day said Trump was instigating violence in D.C. And so the National Guard was being deployed. But what did Trump ever say other than come to the protest? It'll be wild. How is that instigating violence? But those statements, opinions, not facts, nothing to back them up, are considered fact. Seventy four million people feel like they are living under a boot and they're getting fed up. You add that to the fact that many states are shut down and people's constitutional rights are being violated, notably in religious communities. People are ready to snap and they're not going to accept Joe Biden and two more years of lockdown suppression of rights, and they're not going to accept being lied about in the media. So I don't think they're going to care all that much about what the media claims Pence can or can't do. Because of this, there's real reason why Donald Trump and Mike Pence need to win. Build back better. A European slogan used around the Great Reset, this idea of resetting global capitalism because of climate change, for the most part, is Joe Biden's slogan and his dot gov for his transition. Strange. A lot of people don't like it. Eh, I think Joe, Biden, Joe Biden's a plagiarist. But regardless of the intent of doing that. You now have people asking that question, bringing it up. Hey, you know that Build Back Better is like a European slogan. Why is our incoming president saying that and getting a dot gov here? They're raising the question. They say Joe Biden, according to Tony Bobulinski, a family confidant, is compromised by China. Joe Biden flew his son in Air Force Two to China. Whether or not you care about these things, people see that in the news. They see how the media covered up the Hunter Biden story. And then only after the election came out and said, oh, yeah, that whole thing's true. Or how about COVID and the Wuhan lab? That story is not coming out from New York mag. But before this, they said it was all not true. It was fake. It was a lie and that you were dumb for believing it. This means there are a lot of people who are done and won't accept the other side. And it's true for the Democrats. The Democrats won't accept Trump. They haven't accepted him in the past four years and everything they could to stop him. Trump supporters won't accept the left. Where do we go? Well, in Pennsylvania, the Republicans are refusing to seat a Democrat who won a state Senate race because of the ongoing allegations pertaining to the presidential election. It's reaching local level politics. And now we're going to have many angry Trump supporters on the ground in D.C. Antifa is expected to show up and already threats have been made. So tell me what you think is going to happen, because I don't know. But this is it. Today is the calm before the storm. Well, we can see the storm forming. Tomorrow's going to get uh, spicy. And I th- Magid says he's fearing for what's going to happen in the next 10 days. You want to know why that's interesting? Ted Cruz said he wants 10 days at- to investigate some of these states. What if tomorrow they refuse to certify the results for Biden and then we go through a 10-day period? It'll get nuts. It will. We'll see, my friends. But I'll tell you what, tonight, live, 8 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash TimCastIRL. Come hang out. We are going to be talking about the Georgia runoff race, what's going on in D.C., and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. So again, the next segment will be live at 8 p.m. over at YouTube.com forward slash TimCastIRL. Check it out. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Something that I feel not enough people considered is the local level political ramifications of the electoral challenges and the presidential race. A lot of people look at everything that's happening and they think, well, it's only about the presidency and the negative consequences will only pertain to the presidency, be it a Biden supporter or a Trump supporter. Donald Trump is filing legal challenges. He's a lot of people in various states that are making claims and defending him and a lot that are, are, are uh, attacking and saying he's wrong. But have you considered what will happen in local races? We've got two really interesting stories. The first is from the Wisconsin State Legislature, Assembly Resolution 3. Now, many conservatives, I see uh, Trump supporters claiming that this is Wisconsin's effort to decertify uh, uh, the the results, meaning Biden will not have won Wisconsin. It wouldn't be enough on its own to change a whole lot. You'd need several states in order for Trump to get the electoral vote, uh, uh, the electoral count tomorrow. I can't believe it's tomorrow. But what this bill seems to be to me is a precursor. I don't necessarily know if this is going to have any impact, but it is an assembly resolution being it is introduced right now that lays out a bunch of the problems, the constitutional issues where in Wisconsin, the law was violated as it pertained to the election rules. And the state legislature controls this is important. Because the lawsuits that were many of the lawsuits that have been filed, notably the Texas suit, argued that these key swing states violated the electors clause of the Constitution by changing election rules without the approval of the state legislatures. That's what this bill seems to do. I don't know if it goes anywhere after that because it's not the strongest bill I've ever seen. People are saying it'll decertify. Well, it says they they want to redress, you know, the issue. And here's the, the uh, integrity being called into question because of these uh, violations of law. What it could do is show the intent of the state legislatures to certify a different slate of electors. The only problem? Well, look, as, as many conservatives are saying this would decertify, it's not it, it's not certifying a different slate of electors. I don't know if this will be enough, but it does show at the local level that. Within the states, there are going to be some ramifications. The most dramatic, however, I believe, is actually this. PA State Senator Jim Brewster swearing in to be delayed due to fight over mail-in ballots. State Senate Democrats said on Monday, the Republican majority will not let Brewster take his seat for a fourth term. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is getting weird. And there you go. This, I think, is 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 the the unintended consequences, the massive impact. And when I tell people I'm warning you that things are getting crazy and that, you know, we're headed towards some kind of crazy conflict, whatever you want to call it. What happens when at the state level, these states are getting torn apart? The Republicans control the state legislatures in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and many other states. Well, they can determine whether or not this man takes his seat. Whether or not they they listen to him or allow him in, the Democrats can complain all they want, but they aren't in the majority here because the Republicans are saying we want these issues addressed and the Democrats are saying, no, we're going to run out the clock. Republicans are saying then we won't let Democrats come in. I don't know if it ultimately matters in the end, but protesters are showing up demanding that the, the results in Pennsylvania be decertified. The, the, the reason I think this is the, the important story to lead off with today is that the protests have begun right now people are already in Washington DC Donald Trump has come out he had a rally he demand he said uh, Mike Pence better come through for us otherwise he's not he's not going to like them all that much A lot of people think Mike Pence has more power than he really does now as I've I've given I've mentioned before the hypotheticals this is why I want to bring up the Wisconsin legislature. We'll go back to, I want to read you what Wisconsin's uh, assembly bill resolution says is uh, the reason I bring this up. If Mike Pence is given two envelopes certified, then you've got a problem. Some people argue he chooses which ones to read. Some people argue he can't read either. He can't count either uh, vote votes from the envelopes. Some argue that he would just choose to not count either because or one or the other, whatever. The problem is these alternate elector slates that have been, you know, cast procedural votes for Trump, they're not certified by anyone. This is why I'm telling you, I think it is 99.99% Joe Biden's going to be certified and inaugurated. Now there's there's the lottery tickets chance it doesn't happen. I get it. It's within the realm of possibility. But listen. We have this Wisconsin state legislature resolution and it doesn't do enough. Oh, sure. It points out, you know, uh, violations of law. But will it put an official stamp on an envelope by tomorrow? No. The real ramifications are going to be that at, at the state level, people are going to hate each other and tear each other apart. That's the issue. Think about it this way. You have the fight at the national level. You have the fight on the ground with Proud Boys, Antifa, conservatives, left-wingers, whatever, the physical fights, the political fights, and now it's rippling through everything in between. What happens when Republicans in certain states are like, you do not represent the people, and then they start fighting each other, and then they start challenging each other? We're already seeing electoral challenges in some congressional races where things are getting insane. Even Democrats suing Republicans— you know what? You know what I th- I think we're seeing is people like to self isolate. They like to find communities. I, sh- I sh- I'll put it that way. It's a better way to explain it. So uh, I'll give you an example. When I went to Sweden, I think this is in 2017, we found that Somali refugees were moving to areas with other Somali refugees. Why? You no, know, it was easier. They spoke the language. They wanted to be closer to people they were familiar with, and that what that created is disparate cultures. Where the people who lived in these, you know, growing Somali communities didn't feel the Swedish government represented them or the Swedish people did. It was a different group of people, different customs, different language, different food. And so it didn't quite mesh properly. What I think we're seeing in the U.S. is something similar. I'm looking at buying crazy, you know, farmland out in the middle of West Virginia so that we can shoot videos and just have fun and get away from everything. So the liberty minded people are moving away from cities and the people who don't care about freedom and don't mind being locked in a cubicle or aren't smart enough to escape are just accepting Democrat rule. You see, it's the polarization of the communities, of the ideologies. And now what ends up happening is we're at a point where. The Democrats are so insanely different from Republicans that Republicans and Democrats refuse to accept each other. Now, personally, I disagree with a lot of Republican policies, but I think the Democrats have become overwhelmingly authoritarian wingnuts. I mean, you look at you got Lauren Boebert, the you know, uh, who's now in Congress, Republican. She wants to carry her concealed Glock on Capitol Hill. And the left, the, even these people claiming to be like democratic socialists who should be pro-gun, aren't. And they're mocking her and making fun of her. And that's the craziest thing to me. I'm like, shouldn't you be anti-fascist? Isn't the best thing to be like opposed to authoritarianism is to allow individuals the ability to bear arms? They don't. Because the left has become overwhelmingly authoritarian. Bend the knee, do as you're told. But I don't, I don't want to rant too much. Let me show you what's going on with this assembly resolution. They say... This is from Representative Allen. Now, this is introduced, not even voted on. That means they get it done today and it still won't even certify us. The legislator will not have certified the state's uh, their 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 Trump slate. So I don't know. I don't know if this matters. They say we have three branches of government. The legislative branch consisting only uh, of duly elected representatives of the people is the branch charged with the power to write the laws. It is through this process that our government maintains legitimacy. They say. When the executive branch or administrative agencies charged with enforcing the laws instead choose to step outside the law or go beyond the law or stretch the law to something other than what is written, the legitimacy of the government begins to erode. And whereas the 2020 election and the recount of the results of the presidential election have brought to light a number of areas in which the letter of the law is not being followed. Those circumstances of departure from the letter of the law include but aren't limited to one clerks provided absentee ballots to electors without applications as required by law. Clerks and deputy clerks authorized by the municipal clerk failed to write on the official ballot in the space for official endorsement. The clerk's initials and official title required by law. Let me me tell you why that's important. If you didn't request the absentee ballot, why'd you get one? Who voted? If the clerk doesn't initial the the, uh, 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 on the ballot, the space for official endorsement, how do you know where the ballot came from and who handled it? That's chain of custody. That's basic security. The clerk issued absentee ballots to electors who were required to enclose a copy of proof of ID or of uh, or an authorized substitute document, but who failed to do so. Clerks failed to enter initials on ballot envelopes indicating whether the elector is exempt from providing proof of ID as required by Wisconsin law. Clerks in Milwaukee and Dane counties declared electors in their counties to be indefinitely confined under Wisconsin law, causing chaos and confusion and failed to keep current the mailing list established under the subsection, more than 215,000 electors thus avoided identification requirements and safeguards that the legislature has established. Clerks and the board of canvassers permitted absentee ballots returned without required witnesses' witness address under Wisconsin law. Clerks who received absentee ballots with improperly completed certificates or no certificates filled in missing inter, uh, information In in contravention of Wisconsin law, they say the Wisconsin Elections Commission in contravention of Wisconsin law barred special voting deputies from entering qualified nursing homes and assisted living facilities, instead mailing ballots to residents directly, thereby avoiding safeguards the legislature put in place to protect our most vulnerable citizens and loved ones. The clerk of the city of Madison ignored the law and created an event named Democracy in the Park. And of her own accord, designated alternate sites where absentee ballots could be collected. These ballots were counted in contravention of the law. Whereas without legitimacy, the government of the people by the people and for the people shall not stand. Instead, our government will devolve into a system of coercion and bribery that seeks to use guise of elections to hold a degree of credibility. And whereas the people of Wisconsin are demanding that the legislature address questions of legitimacy now, therefore, be it resolved by the assembly that. The Wisconsin State Assembly recognizes that the most important function for a government is to conduct fair and honest elections that follow the duly enacted law and be it further resolved that when there are significant portions of the population that question the integrity of the elections due to failure of election officials to follow the letter of the law, it is incumbent upon the legislature to address the issues that are in question And be it further resolved that the members of the Wisconsin State Assembly place the redress to these and other election law violations and failed administrative procedures at its highest priority and shall take up legislation crafted to ensure civil officers follow the laws as written. What they're basically saying and they've laid out, which could be very beneficial to lawsuits, is that here is exactly where we, the state legislature, have stated the law has been violated and why. This could mean a, a constitutional challenge to the election could take place, citing a, a, the actual statements from the Wisconsin State Legislature. Now, I think the issue, we probably need to see Wisconsin State Legislature, Pennsylvania and Georgia, maybe Arizona, filing lawsuits challenging the certification of the electoral uh, vote count sort of, uh, from the governors, the governor certified. Now, they're not doing that. Texas did. Why why aren't we seeing Wisconsin state legislature actually file? Because I don't think they're actually going to do anything. A lot of people are like, this is it, Wisconsin. They're, they're making moves. No, they're not. They've laid out much of what we've already known, which could help. But vote. The vote count is tomorrow. You think is anything's going to get done? I don't. What I think we're seeing is many Republicans, many established Republicans just trying to placate Trump supporters and Trump supporters are buying into it. I'm sorry, man. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's it's a it's a just one day before they're going to count the, the, the votes to certify Biden's win. They give us this, you know, uh, it's, it's it's introduced, not even voted on. Maybe they'll vote on it. Introduced on the fourth. Maybe they'll vote on it. Maybe. Now, I'll, I'll tell you this. In Wisconsin, you've got in the Senate, it is 17 Republicans to 13 Democrats. So they got the majority there in the state assembly. It's 62 Republicans to 34 Democrats. So they definitely have the majority there. I believe there are three vacancies in each house in Wisconsin. If they vote, it will likely pass. It's a resolution. What does that really mean? Well, they've made the statement. Theoretically, someone could sue saying, see, look, but the, the problem is still going to be the same. No standing. They're going to say, why are you suing? Why aren't they suing? I'll tell you what I see. Wisconsin seems to be trying to just say, we're going to take care of this in the future. Seems like they pulled a fast one in many states to stop Trump from winning real from winning re-election, And now they're like, okay, okay, now we're going to make sure everything goes back to normal. Well, here's where things get crazy. Pennsylvania, they they're they're in a dispute over mail in ballots, so they're not going to seat the Democrats. This this is where it gets weird. Let me read from Pittsburgh CBS. They say Pennsylvania Senate Republicans today will refuse to seat Democrat Jim Brewster at a swearing in ceremony. This comes with some harsh words from the Democrats. They're saying the Republican majority is trying to steal an election and are abusing the process. All of this revolves around the election of Democratic Senator Jim Brewster and Republican challenger Nicole Ziccarelli. Brewster beat Ziccarelli by 69 votes in the November 3rd election, according to state certified returns last month. Today is when state lawmakers are supposed to be sworn in for a new two year session. State Senate Democrats said on Monday that the Republican majority will not let Brewster take his seat for a fourth term. Senate Minority Leader Jay called the Republicans refusal to swear in Brewster today unlawful. We cannot allow a process within the Senate to usurp the court's authority. To be able to look at this matter and resolve this matter, we're opening Pandora's box on this matter. The contest between Brewster and Zicarelli came down to court decisions, which said mail-in ballots that lack a handwritten date on the ballot envelope is not a reason to disqualify someone. More recently on Friday, Ziccarelli filed a complaint with the Senate. Now we're seeing in, I believe it's in Iowa, you had the Democrat lose by like six votes and then requested to Pelosi not to seat the Republican. Because of court challenges, I believe that uh, Pelosi rejected that. I'm not 100, uh, percent but this is the 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 local ramifications. I think we're headed towards absolute bedlam and chaos, man. You know, I've been saying it for some time. And let me let me just make some things clear, right? So, so we did a podcast episode last night on the IRL podcast. If you haven't already, go to youtube.com forward slash timcast IRL. It's my podcast show. We do it live every night, Monday through Friday. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, check it out. You'll love the show. But, uh, you know, we, we have some people on. And whenever I bring people over to, to the studio, uh, yes, we follow uh, all COVID guidelines. We do not have we do not exceed any of these, you know, uh, numbers. And we have hand sanitizer and all the good stuff. And uh, we're all sitting more than six feet apart from each other. But uh, uh, when we have people over, you know, they see that I've, I've set up this 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 house. It's effectively a production facility and that, you know, we're getting this property in West Virginia. And they say to me, do you really think it's going down? things like that they're like you're Tim you' you're doing pitches for this 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 emergency food supply and like do you really think the end is now I'm like dude the the, the sponsorship for the food stuff is just uh, convenience like uh, for people you know I, when, I, when I promote it I just tell people it's not about the world ending it's about sometimes the roads get closed and there's floods you know what I mean so have some have some food that's that lasts have some water have a first aid kit and I and, and it's th- there's very few sponsors I would ever take but let me tell you something you know, as I as as I become a gun gun owner, and now I'm going to be trying to get this property in West Virginia, let me tell you something. Do you think that there's going to be some kind of breakdown or collapse or chaos? All right, that's what that, that's what I could ask because a lot of people have a normalcy bias. It can't happen here, they say. Look at what's happening at the local level. Now, Wisconsin, I'm not entirely convinced what's going on there is going to have an impact. We'll see. I mean, they're 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 saying, "Look, you broke the law. Maybe it'll have an impact." They're not going to see the Democrat. These fights are happening all over the place. People are refusing to back down. But let me tell you something more important. Did you know that 66% of the money supply, the the current M1 money stock in this country, was created in the last nine months? Probably less than that, actually. I'm not exaggerating. Google M1 money stock Federal Reserve and look at the charts yourself. It, It just goes up and then spikes straight up. Has that ever happened before? Has that happened So when people see that the money supply is just we're just pumping money out like crazy and producing nothing right now, the federal debt to GDP is one hundred and thirty point four, seven percent in the 80s it was like fifty four. So, yeah, we're collapsing. That that is what that means. It is falling apart. So when people say, do you think it's going to go down or something's going to happen? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'll just ask you some questions. Has any of this ever happened before? What we're seeing now at the local level in politics, what we're seeing with fights in the streets, what we're seeing with the runoffs, what we're seeing with the split, what we're seeing with, with Trump and the accusations of fraud, has it ever been this bad? Yeah. In fact, many people like to point to, you know, 1860s Civil War. It's funny that they do, but they bring up a bunch of similarities, you know, a feckless and pathetic president in, you know, who, who Buchanan. Am I getting the name wrong? Which one is it? Uh, we had a weak president, which led to the Civil War. Abraham Lincoln came in, and then Abraham Lincoln was fairly authoritarian, suspending the Constitution and people's rights and things like that. But people look back on him, and they, they praise him as a hero for it, because sometimes crazy things happen. I wonder if they'll look back at, you know, the Biden administration and Fauci and say, shutting everything down, locking everything down, everything down was the right move. I wonder. Well, the economy's been totally destroyed. I can't say anything like this has ever happened in my lifetime, and I look back at history, and it certainly isn't the same either. I went to the grocery store the other day, and I was buying a half gallon of milk, and it was four dollars, and I'm like, "Is that a lot?" You know, because I don't—it's I, I, not. Look, I don't normally buy milk. I don't—I don't drink a whole lot of milk. Uh, used to when I was younger, but not so much now that I'm older. And I was thinking about it when I was buying it, and I asked, "Like, is eight dollars for a gallon a lot?" And yeah, it is. I mean, think about it. If the average person right now in certain states making like 10 bucks an hour after they pay taxes, that means I got to work an hour for just a gallon of milk. That means food is going up in price. And it is some of the people I I was talking to uh, about, you know, the cost of milk. I was like, because that's expensive, you know, I can't I can't I can't believe it's a half gallon. And people were telling me that they've gone to the grocery store. And, and like, there's something you got to check out. See if you notice this, depending on where you are, maybe it's different. And I had someone say that they spent like 500 bucks on groceries. It didn't even fill up their cart. And it was like the first time. And they were thinking like, when did everything get so expensive? You know, like normally they go and they have their budget. They put, they, they put the things in their cart and then they bring it up. And it's like, you know, for something, 500 bucks. And they're like, whoa, like those are our groceries. That's a lot of money. I wonder, but I'll tell you something else. I've been, uh, I mentioned I'm buying property in West Virginia. So we're looking at property value estimates and averages. And I'm looking at one property. It's been up for a few days. And I'm looking at the estimates on, on Zillow and a couple other websites. A couple of days goes by and these properties have jumped like 13, 14 percent in value already. And I'm just, I'm staring at the screen like, what is going on? The, the property value is skyrocketing. And as it was explained to me, is the rich people are fleeing. And so the demand is so high for property outside of cities that the prices just keep going up and up and up and up and up. And that's going to affect taxes. That's going to affect rent. That's going to affect people who can, uh, the working class, the cost of food and everything. When property value gets assessed really high and you owe more in taxes, and then in order to pay those taxes, the, the landlords who own the property are going to start Charging more in rent, then the people who live there are going to go to their jobs and say, "My rent is going up." You know, once my lease, you know, my lease is a, a new assessment, a new year, a new lease. Ta- rent is way higher. I need more money. Then wages are going to go up. The way b- base wages go up, food starts going up, and then when I start looking at that milk at four bucks for a half gallon, it's going to be ten bucks for a half gallon. It's going to be twenty bucks. This is this is this is, this is where I think things start getting crazy. But I don't know, man. I'm not a psychic. I'm just some dude who complains on the Internet. And I love it. I love how the left tries to put me on a pedestal for some reason, I guess because they have to. But uh, all I've ever viewed myself as is somebody who reads the news. You know, I'll pull up documents. I'll ask for comments and things like that. Call it journalism, whatever you want. And I just want to understand what's going on and talk about how I feel about things and what I think about things. And I'll tell you, I've not been confident in the system at all. When you see the money supply increasing by trillions of dollars to now $6.6 trillion from $4 trillion just not even a year ago, and not, not 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 to mention the national debt, the borrowing of money, the debt owed at $27 trillion, with the GDP, uh, uh, the debt to GDP at 130%. I got to say, I'm not confident that we're pulling out of this tailspin. The dollar, according to CNBC, is in a downward decline. Bitcoin is skyrocketing. So here's what I tell you. Look for the people in the know, the connected wealthy elites, the people who know people in government, the people who know the major, you know, people at major corporations or who work there. And what are they doing? They're buying up property like crazy outside of cities. They're buying assets like Bitcoin. They're getting away from the dollar. And that says to me, I think things are going to get freaky. Protest starts today in Georgia. Trump supporters are are already there. Not not all of them, but many of them. The protest is today and it's soon. I wonder How many Trump supporters left Georgia yesterday to make it to D.C. for today and will not be voting? A lot of people have said, Tim, they vote by mail. Well, hold on. Republicans don't. Republicans overwhelmingly vote in person. Democrats vote by mail. The advantage is for the Democrats. What will happen if today they announce that the Democrats win the runoff? And tomorrow you have a bunch of Republicans and Trump supporters angry standing in D.C. realizing the Democrats will now control every branch of government, assuming they pack the Supreme Court. Trump supporters have already started calling for uh, for for each other to bring weapons into D.C. in violation of D.C. law. But they cite the Constitution. But D.C. has a law banning weapons from being carried. So people are saying they're going to defy the law. I I think Things are going to get spicy, get crazy. But I could be wrong. You know, Trump supporters aren't the violent bunch. They might go around, wave their little American flags and go home. We'll see how things play out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. A couple of years ago, there was an individual who lied to the Associated Press. The Associated Press then put out a fake story. I responded by correcting the story and doing journalism. I was able to look up some facts and verify this individual did lie and the AP was wrong. YouTube took down my video. Why? Because if the establishment says it, so be it. And who are you but a pathetic, lowly YouTuber? Okay, sure. Well, it turns out a couple days later, when the AP issued an apology and a retraction, my video was reinstated. We now have another story. And I would like to just let you all know, you've seen the title of the video, so you probably have a general idea. The media, the establishment, these big tech companies have nothing but disdain for you. You are nothing. You are stupid. But time and time again, they prove they have no idea what they are talking about. My friends, NPR tweets, a new poll finds 40% of respondents believe in a baseless conspiracy theory that the coronavirus was created in a lab in China. There is zero evidence for this. Scientists say the virus was transmitted to humans from another species. Okay, well, you may remember this story from September. Chinese virologist posts report claiming COVID-19 was made in a Wuhan lab. This from the New York Post. This is a certified, verifiable news source, one of the oldest, I believe the oldest paper in the country. We then have, finally, from New York Magazine the lab leak hypothesis, January 4th, 2021. For decades, scientists have been hot wiring viruses in hopes of preventing a pandemic, not causing one. But what if? That's right. But what if? You see, there are actually scientists who believe it's kind of both stories, right? The idea that there was a virus transmission from a bat to, uh, you know, to a person or so, And that it was being researched, the virus was being researched in a lab, and then it got leaked. I'm not saying that's true. I'm not asserting one way or another. In fact, my big criticism here is the media. I can't tell you definitively what anything about COVID. I'm not a scientist. I can read NPR saying y'all are crazy. I can read about a Chinese whistleblower claiming the inverse is true. And then I can show you the New York Intelligencer, the New York Magazine, saying there is a hypothesis it came from a lab. YouTube Probably would remove, they may actually remove this video. I'm not not even, I'm not even exaggerating. They may actually take this down. I recently did an episode of the Timcast IRL podcast with Peak Prosperity, a YouTube channel, Dr. Chris Martinson. Check him out. He's a smart guy. And, uh, there, there were, you know, he was talking about, we talked a lot about censorship and how he, as a PhD, I believe is a PhD pathologist, was being told he wasn't allowed to speak to these things. How insane is it? Okay. I want to show you what NPR has to say. And then I want to show you what the New York magazine break down how they, how they do these conspiracies. But let me explain to you my complaint here, my uh, uh, my whinging on the Internet, as per usual. They tell us the world is on fire. They tell us that global warming is going to destroy everything. I hear that. I see things and I say, OK, I'm on board. I remember the Deepwater uh, Horizon uh, oil spill or explosion, whatever you want to call it. Or what was the other one way back when I was a kid? I don't even know. I don't even know when this was Exxon Valdez. I think it was the tanker spill. These things make me angry. I don't like seeing this stuff, killing animals, spreading, polluting everything. It's it's awful. It really is. Now, here's the problem. They say we are the experts and you must believe us. You are not allowed to spread ideas. Only we, the establishment elites, are allowed to tell you what for. And we are telling you now the Great Reset. Is a requirement to save this planet. Why, what better time to enact a change to global capitalism than during a crisis like this pandemic? And then what what do we hear in the early or early 2020? Dr. Fauci says, don't wear a mask. We hear from the Surgeon General, don't wear a mask. Then it turns out they were lying. In fact, Fauci admits we didn't want to run out of PPE. We wanted the medical workers to get them before anyone else. Okay, I get it. I understand why he did it, but he did. He lied. Then we learn that Fauci says actually herd immunity percentages. We need way more people to have immunity before we can get to herd immunity, which means so enough people have it where it stops the virus from spreading. Basically, he was lying to us. He admitted it. They've been lying this whole time. They would tell me that I am a conspiracy theorist for simply reading a a story from the Washington Post. And this is this, uh, you know, it's it's frustrating. So forgive me if it's a little little more personal, but I'll, I'll tell you this early on in the I think it was April. The Washington Post ran a story about the lab leak hypothesis. I read the story. The Daily Mail also had a story about the lab leak hypothesis. I think it was citing actually the Washington Post. I talked about this. Then they claim I'm the one pushing the conspiracy theories. Why? Because I'm not part of the establishment elites. I don't get access to their protections Now, I think I think it's fair to point out I have I have contacts at at Google and YouTube, and I probably have it better than a lot of people on this platform. But how insane is it that NPR runs this story? They say, even if it's bonkers, poll finds many believe QAnon and other conspiracy theories. A significant number of Americans believe misinformation about the origins of the coronavirus and the recent presidential election as well as conspiracy theories like QAnon, according to a new NPR Ipsos poll. I'm going to stop right there. The QAnon stuff. I know well, I know a, a bit about it. I don't want to pretend like I know everything about it. But for the most part, I ignored it for a long time. I know a little bit right now, enough to say it's bunk. I mean, I'm sorry, man. There's just way too much bunk garbage throughout all of the QAnon stuff. And I've had conversations with people, and I'm like, you really need to look in the history of this stuff. And it's not just that. I know individuals who have privy to access to information, and they think they know who 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 Q is, or I should say, the person who's claiming to. to, to. It's it seems like it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of uh, um, wishful thinking. I'll put it that way. It's people who just want to live in a, in a in a certain world, and that's fine. Hold on, but I'm not here to rag on the Q people. I'm not here to rag on regular people who don't trust the mainstream media. I'm here to blame the mainstream media. Do you know why there are people who believe things like the QAnon conspiracy theory stuff? Because they turned on the news one day and they said, there is no Hunter Biden scandal. Everything you saw on the Internet is fake news. Go home and vote for Joe Biden. And they were like, wow, I was talking to a guy the other day. He's like, no, that stuff's not real. That Hunter Biden. I'm like, what do you mean? They, They came out initially, Hunter Biden, all fake news. After the election, boom, confirmed Hunter Biden under investigation. So is uh, Jim Biden. I think that's his name Hunter, uh, Joe Biden's brother. So you mean to tell me I turn on the TV and you lie and lie and lie and CNN's like there's nothing here. It's fake news. NPR. Oh, hey, NPR. They issued a statement saying we're not going to cover distractions. This Hunter Biden scandal. Then the election happened and they say Joe Biden won. Now you want all these states, and the media comes out and says it. So now you have regular people seeing NPR say, There's no Hunter Biden story, and Joe Biden has won. And then the news breaks. And NPR covered this as well. Confirmed Hunter Biden facing criminal probe, Joe Biden's brother facing criminal probe for money, money laundering related to scandalous deals with China. And then all of a sudden, you have these people saying, Wait a minute, you told me last month this story was fake news wait a minute. You told me Joe Biden won. So is it any surprise there are people who don't believe it? I'm not surprised at all. The mainstream media is pumping out garbage all the time. So if you if you get a person who tells me to trust the plan because they think Mike Pence is going to be arrested because he's secretly working with you know, I'm sorry, man. Linwood's tweets. I'll just put it that way. You've seen him. He's got a, he's got too many. You come to me and say all that stuff. I'm going to be like, dude, I'm not. I, 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 that's 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 ridiculous. Then you come to me with the NPR stuff and I laugh and I say, guess what? It's ridiculous, too. Why should I sit here and take this from NPR when then you what you turn around and you get New York magazine coming out with this stuff? How dare these people? And and that's why I say, you know what? The system is broken. You know why? Why should I or anyone for that matter, be it a moderate, a liberal, a Trump supporter, try to convince anyone That the media is full of it when they don't care and they publish lie after lie, flip flopping about, making no sense. Who do I trust, New York Mag or NPR? I don't know. The New York Post came out and said there's a whistleblower. They said that uh, a Chinese virologist was claiming it was made in a lab and they said the New York Post is is lying. It's fake news. So then the New York Mag comes out and says, actually, how dare these people? Here's what they said over at uh, NPR. 40% of respondents said they believe the coronavirus was made in a lab with China, even though there is no evidence for this. None. Even though in September, a Chinese researcher made a claim. I'm not saying a claim is definitive proof. Evidence is defined as signs or indications of something. If a Chinese, uh, what's her, she's a virologist, right? Chinese virologist comes out and says, yes, I believe this to be the case. Here's our paper. Well, now you have evidence. Is it definitive proof? No, but it is a sign or indication. You see how they lie. Scientists say the virus was transmitted to humans from another species. What they don't tell you is that the lab leak hypothesis, according to New York Mag, is that, yes, that's true, but they think someone may have been trying to create a vaccine for the virus and it accidentally leaked. That's what they're saying. I'm not saying it's true. Hey, don't take my word for it. That's New York Mag saying it. I'm actually going to just. Say YouTube's rules are correct and whatever YouTube wants me to say is true and correct. How about that, YouTube? they will probably take the video down anyway, but I don't care. I'm sick of this stuff, man. They say one third of Americans believe that voter fraud helped Joe Biden win in the 2020 election, despite the fact that courts, election officials and the Justice Department have found no evidence of widespread fraud that could have changed the outcome. Do you see how these scumbags do this manipulation? Let me read that for you again. One third of Americans believe that voter fraud helped Joe Biden win. Then they say, despite the fact they didn't find widespread evidence of fraud that could have changed the outcome. Those are two different things, you duplicitous scumbags. What they should say is one third of Americans believe voter fraud helped Joe Biden win. That's it. They believe it. And then you can say there have been claims of fraud and thousands of sworn affidavits, though none of it has been definitively proven. Well, that'd be a fair statement. What does widespread fraud have to do with fraud helping Joe Biden? You see how they frame things. Fraud helping Joe Biden could be microscopic. Bill Barr said, of course, there's fraud. We just haven't seen it on a scale that would have changed the results. That's very, very different. It's manipulation. It's the game they play dirty, dirty tricks. You know, I just I'm so sick of it. The poll results add to mounting evidence that misinformation is gaining a foothold in American society and that conspiracy theories are going mainstream. How about Russiagate? Yeah, that was actually like three or four years, even before Donald Trump won, claiming that he was working with Russia. How insane they say, uh, especially during the pandemic. This has raised concerns about how uh, how to get people to believe in a baseline reality, said Chris Jackson, a pollster with Ipsos. NPR, answer me this. How do I believe in baseline reality when New York magazine is saying it's there's it's a, it's a hypothesis of a lab leak and you're saying it's a baseless conspiracy theory? Who am I supposed to trust? There's no consistency here at all. New York Post is supposed to be good. Oh, but they're right wing. Well, NPR is, I guess, left wing. And they're saying it's not true. But then New York mag says it is. Who do I trust? Guess what? People just choose to trust one source for a lot of people. It's a random person on the Internet who has the name Q for Q clearance, I suppose, or Donald Trump himself. It's funny. There are memes going around where there's one. It's like Trump says you can't trust the vice president. You can't trust his administration. You can't trust Congress. You can't trust this group or that group or this group. But you got to trust him. How absurd is that? And I'm like, personally, I think it's absurd. Trust Trump says don't trust, you know, don't trust these people, but trust me. Fine. But what happens when you can't trust any of these people? Well, then people choose to support their president and they say, I'll just trust him because everyone else is a liar as far as I can tell who's lying. Is uh, is New York mag lying that there's a there's there's scientists who believe this or is NPR lying? There's no evidence. Is this Chinese virologist lying? Tell me who's lying. All I can tell you right now is I have three stories that contradict each other. And I can't tell you which one's true. I can only tell you that they will ban me from YouTube. They will ban you from Twitter if you pick the wrong one. They say, what this poll really illustrates to me is how willing people are to believe things that are ludicrous because it fits with a worldview that they want to believe. Okay, New York mag, take a look at this. Uh, In the graph, they say the, what is that? Uh, I don't know what color that is. A turquoise teal kind of color. That's not teal. Uh, It's a bluish green. Uh, It means true. Gray is don't know. And the orange is false. COVID-19 was created in a lab. 40% believe it. 29% are not sure. And only 32% say It's false. That, to me, is truly amazing. There are more people who believe COVID came from a lab, was created, than there are people who don't believe it. Look at this. Incorrect statements. This is incredible stuff. Let me blow your mind for a second. The majority of protests that occurred this summer were violent. 47% believe it, 16% do not and 38% say it's false. NPR says that is incorrect. Is that a joke? It's a fact. Now, they went, yes, but but only seven percent were violent by whose definition is violent. Majority of the protests that occurred this summer were violent. Define violence. The left says words are violent. So are we going by their scale? Well, if we were, then this is a correct statement. You see the problem there? It's manipulation. Correct statements. I love this one. They say Barack Obama was born in the U.S. Nineteen percent don't believe it. They say there is no evidence vaccines cause autism, uh, cause autism. Fifty one percent believe that humans landed on the moon. Seventy two percent believe it. Twenty percent aren't sure. And they say that nine eleven was caused by Al Qaeda. Seventy three percent believe it's true. Twenty aren't sure. And seven do not believe it. There's an interesting question here about things that we believe and things that we don't. And what you might notice from the incorrect versus correct statements graph here on NPR is there is one easily definable function or or feature to these statements. Have you figured it out? Let me tell you. They say the protests, COVID-19, Satan worshiping elites, kidnapping kids, humans and climate change, and mass shootings being hoaxes. Those are the incorrect statements where most people, uh, uh, well, to varying degrees, people believe or don't believe it. The correct statements are overwhelmingly believed or are unsure. The key feature dif- differentiation, uh, the key differentiation here is when they occurred. Barack Obama, his presidency, vaccinations, humans landing on the moon and September 11th. Those are old things that happened a long time ago. Vaccines have been around for a long time. Protests, covid. Those are new things. And that those are the two things where people believe what they claim to be incorrect. The point is the media broke news is dead. Journalism died a long time ago. Now, look, I I, I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, gloss over the fact that I'm mentioning the lab leak hypothesis, but that's all it really is. I don't. Have, there's not too much I have to tell you about the story from the Intelligencer. They go through, through great detail about what people believe. There's the gist of it here from the New York Post. They say an American novelist is breathing new life into the theory that COVID-19 was the result of a lab leak in China a notion that several scientists agree is possible. In a nearly 12,000-word cover story for the New York magazine, Nicholas Nichol, uh, Nicholson Baker floats the idea that the virus that causes COVID-19 was tampered with by money-hungry scientists eager to capitalize on a new emerging disease saying, I keep returning to this basic puzzling fact. He writes, this patchwork pathogen, which allegedly has evolved without human meddling, first came to notice in the only city in the world with a laboratory that was paid for years by the U.S. government to perform experiments on certain obscure and her- heretofore unpublicized strains of bat viruses, which bat viruses then turned out to be, out of all the organisms on the planet, the ones that are most closely related to the disease, what are the odds? We had Chris Martinson on the show, and he mentioned, "I don't know. I don't know if he said this, But he mentioned that there are certain things about this virus that make it very potent uh, or like easily transmissible, he was saying, I I I think he may have said this off the show, that usually when a virus jumps from an animal to a person, it's very, very bad. Like it barely works, right? It's got to connect to certain receptors. But then what, what you end up getting is... The ones that do connect can start reproducing more successfully, and then that version spreads and it it affects humans. But it's usually, uh, jumping from species, is weak at first. This one hit hard. And it's entirely possible these things happen. But what they're saying now in the story is, it's, I guess, too perfect. All of these things coming together. But I thought NPR said there's no evidence. So who do you trust? What are the odds, he says? The story quotes several scientists and experts to say the virus has infected 85 million and killed 1.8 million globally, likely escaped from the lab in Wuhan. There is a reasonable chance that what we are dealing with is the result of a lab accident. Alina Chan, a scientist at Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard, told Baker in July. But she noted there was a chance the disease developed naturally, which has long been suspected after being linked to bats early on in the pandemic. And that's true. It is a lot of people like to point out, oh, it's too perfect. It's got these things on it, these, re- these receptors or whatever. It's like, listen, sometimes you win the lottery. Sometimes astronomical odds happen. Like That's why I say Donald Trump could win tomorrow. <laughs> Side note, um, I'm just putting it at astronomical odds. I just don't think it's going to happen. But sure, sometimes these things happen. The bigger problem I have, the more definitive thing I can say is we're being suppressed, repressed and oppressed. All of them, all of the presses, we're getting all of them. Our conversations are being suppressed. People are being barred from churches and being oppressed. And uh, conversations are being depressed in the algorithm. And that's uh, based on the idea that the elites know better than you. That the people who run these platforms and run these news organizations are smarter than you. And thus they may sh- they should make decisions for you. But time and time again, it turns out they're wrong. That's the problem. I rem- I mentioned the oil spills. I want to save the planet. I want to make sure humans can can flourish. I don't like the idea that we're like yeast in a bottle eating all the sugars and farting ourselves death. Resources are finite and we can't grow exponentially in the physical world, maybe in the digital world. The problem, the people who are advocating for changes to our lives to solve these problems are wrong all the time. And then we see what the Democrats do once they get power. They go out and party. They get their hair done. They ignore their own rules. Your business is shut down, but they're allowed to do whatever they want. So I combine these things. I see elites who are breaking the rules, who aren't scared at all of COVID. I see them using the crisis to enrich themselves. And then I see them lying and being wrong, but telling us we are aren't allowed to speak or share ideas and their duplicitous lackeys in mainstream media will do whatever to freak people out and burn it all to the ground. I wonder, will there be any, any uh, reconciliation or penalty or justice for all of the journalists who lied to us early on in the pandemic to the Democrats who told us to come out and party? Come on down to Chinatown, Nancy Pelosi said. Don't be racist. Is there going to be any, any penalty for that? No. Then don't be surprised when people stop believing you. Don't be shocked to find that there are people holding up signs that say Q because they don't believe you anymore. There's no baseline reality when you can't get your story straight. So I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know why it even matters all that much about the lab leak hypothesis anyway. Sure, it's in these mainstream news outlets, but we should be talking about solving the problems. But I digress. I run the risk of having this video deleted and getting a strike on my channel for simply reading you mainstream news. And that's why I'm going to rag on the mainstream news and YouTube. But I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com forward slash Timcast. It is a different channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.